Welcome to episode 109 of the Various and Sundry Podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Vault Studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who is ready for the snow apocalypse, John Scott Sloat. It's coming. Yeah. It is coming. Yeah. I've got Doppler Heidi in my small group, and <laughs> she is sending text after text of, of what this is going to look like. Yeah. With her uh, with her weather guy. Yes. You know, he went out on his own. He's no longer at a news station. Rudkin is? Yeah. Yeah. He's Matt out. Rudkin. He's doing his own thing. So he's doing okay. he's doing news for northern Indiana on his own. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I just started following him on Twitter. <laughs> Right. It seems like he's everybody's favorite meteorologist. I don't know if he's my favorite, but I think he makes some good points. He's like, you want to know what? These these big news stations, they just want clicks. And so they're going to tell you they're going to get three to five feet of snow and it's mm-hmm. going to be six inches, you know? Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. yeah. So we're – I mean this episode – we're recording on a Monday. It will release on a Tuesday, Tuesday as it usually does. And then and the world ends on Wednesday. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, between Wednesday and Thursday, it's questionable whether the world will still exist. So yeah. maybe this is our farewell episode, John. Yeah. Or or last in person for a while, you know. <laughs> Perhaps. Perhaps. So um so how's life since the live episode? That was our last time. It's been a while since we've actually been in our uh, vault studio now. Yeah, I'm I much prefer being here. Yeah. Uh, the whole time we were in the live episode, I was looking over your shoulder mm-hmm. and uh, uh, a staff member of Grace was making faces at me uh, over 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 your shoulder. So I'm like distracted the whole time. Like we trying to distract you. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You want to yeah. call out this staff member? Um, no, thank you. Okay. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll let it let it be. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. That was one of the interesting dynamics of like trying to – maintain eye contact with you because we are having a conversation, but also trying to make eye contact with the crowd and especially how we were positioned. So I could see the crowd like over your shoulder, yeah. but like the crowd that's most directly facing us, it felt kind of awkward to have to rotate our entire body practically to like look at them and yep. engage them. Yeah. But it was good. I mean, we've seen downloads on downloads. Um, I... I have so I spoke in chapel literally a week before that. Yeah, and I got decent feedback. Some people liked it. You know, got some pushback as well. You know, but uh, in I, I've never gotten more positive feedback than that live episode. Okay, from speaking in chapel. Yeah, it's been it's been fun having people uh, mention their thoughts on it and, and enjoying it. So and making everybody download it that w- that was also fun. Well, so. you know, shameless. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Shameless promotion. Trying to up those download numbers. Yeah. And if we get them high enough, we can maybe make money at this. I don't know. Uh, theoretically. Somebody – people do. Yeah. Just not us. Not us. No. 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 I, I still think at some point I would love for us to, to create some merch. We've, we've looked at creating uh, merch for the show. Yeah. I think that's a good summer project for us to do, you know? Yeah. I mean – Ultimately, part of the challenge with that is then the, we'd have to find a situation where we don't have to do anything yeah. other than we, just point people to a link and be like, go get your merch here. Somebody else handles everything and then we get you know some sort of check every month or however often of our cut yeah. of the merch. Agreed. 
Because totally you, agree. You and I don't have time to you know be packing coffee mugs into boxes and, and sending no, them or out. printing T-shirts no. or no, yeah. no. So or doing the taxes with that. That sounds like a nightmare. No, no. No, though that probably assumes we make enough. <laughs> like, like there's probably some amount of threshold where it's. I know as an individual, it's six hundred dollars. If you make six hundred dollars, you gotta you gotta file for taxes on yeah. a, on a job. And yep. if you need more tax advice, you can contact John Sloat directly. Sloatjs at grace.edu. Yep, that's that's my email. <laughs> <laughs> that's the real one. <laughs> <laughs> like it's difficult <laughs> to find anyway. Yeah, it's on the website. Yeah, exactly. All right. So uh, if you would like to connect with the show, you can find us on Twitter at VNSPod. You can email the show, not John personally, though he is the one who checks it, variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and on YouTube. And I will note the video of the live episode is on our YouTube page. So you can watch the live episode. Nice. Did you go put that up? I did. Nice. Nice. Yep. It's up there. So, all right, John, let's talk a little sports. It's been a big football weekend. It's been a big couple of football weekends. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe before we talk about the uh, most recent weekend, the weekend before, which we didn't get a chance to talk about because of when we recorded the live episode, the divisional round weekend where there were four games. Yeah. And they think they were decided by a total all combined of what was it like 15 points? Yeah. It was a great weekend of football. Every game went down to the absolute last second mm-hmm. including overtime. Um and then this weekend with the conference championships, both games also delivered. AFC Championship goes to overtime and the NFC Championship was basically a field goal, a field goal mm-hmm. game, very mm-hmm. competitive late. So um Let's do you want to talk about the games first or the or the stupid overtime rules that the NFL has? Well, I think that I think they're intertwined. Um, <laughs> all, all the games were really, really good. Yeah. Um, I, I think. Goodness, I think I think the darlings of the playoffs this year, you know, the Cinderella, so to speak, are the Bengals. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think there's a way around that. They haven't been in the playoffs since Boomer Esiason was quarterback there. Uh, they hadn't won a playoff game. They've been in the playoffs, like maybe a couple of times, not often, but they have been in the playoffs. They hadn't okay. won a playoff game. Well, I do remember they were in the playoffs because they because Carson Palmer blew up his knee yeah. in a playoff game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's you know I, I'm not a Bengals fan. I, I obviously grew up in Ohio, and you know Joe Burrow was an Ohio State guy. Has his degree from Ohio State. Moved on to LSU, had great success. And he grew up in Athens, Ohio. Where you went to college. Where I went to college and then was on staff with crew. Um, I've Actually, heard he grew up in the Plains, which is a, a very, very small town outside of Athens. Have you have you heard stories of his like self-confidence? Y- yeah. Like what stories have you heard? I heard, I heard one over the weekend. Well, it's, I, I don't know that I have one off the top of my head, so go with yours. I heard he was doing an interview and he was talking about the NBA and goes, I think I can step into an NBA game and get 15 to 17 points. <laughs> That's yeah. self-confidence. Yeah. yeah. I mean he is – he doesn't lack for it. Um, and it's interesting that you know he stepped into a franchise that ha- has had just no success in the last 
30 plus years. Yeah. And it's always interesting to see what happens when when a very confident player steps into a franchise like that. And he's managed to project that aura and get his teammates to buy into that. Yeah. I think he's elevated everyone. Yeah. Um, Eli Apple had a good game yesterday. He did, though he did drop what would have been a pick six that could have won the game before it was. That's true. But he had a great game. He had a great game. Um, Yeah. Yeah. There was obviously, given my Ohio State affinity, there was someone who posted a tweet where they basically said, look at the last five defensive plays for the Bengals. Mm -hmm. Two of them are sacks by Sam Hubbard, an Ohio State guy. Okay. One was a, a dropped, the dropped interception by Eli Apple. One was a pass deflection by Von Bell, another Buckeye. And then Von Bell had the pick the next play hmm. on the ricochet that got the uh, that got the ball back for the Bengals. Did you see the play at halftime? Like the yes. Chiefs had it on like what, the one or the two? Maybe the yeah. three? Yeah. And they went for it with five seconds left yes. and threw something in the flat. And I think Eli Apple had the tackle yeah. that stopped them from scoring. But that's a that's a remarkably dumb play. I agree. I th- I think it's I get that Tyreek Hill is th- is like the fastest human being on in football but uh, you got to throw that ball into the end zone so it, it's either caught and and it's a touchdown or it, it's an incompletion and the clock stops yeah it can't be throw it sideways and hope that your guy's going to get into the end zone yeah that cost him at least 3 points uh, the game I think so uh yeah. and, and props to the Bengals defense for they played well uh, yeah. the second half especially yeah yeah they played well. And um, so do you want to talk about the overtime rule here or do you no, want to – No, let's talk about it. Okay. Yeah. It's such a stupid rule. Yeah. Yeah. And for those who don't know, like basically the rule is if the game – regulation ends in a tie in the playoffs, uh, they – there's a coin flip. And whichever team wins the coin flip inevitably takes the ball because – If you score if a you touchdown. Get, if you score a touchdown, the game is over. Mm-hmm. So if you you win the coin flip and you get the ball first and you score a touchdown, the game ends without the other team ever touching the ball. Now, if you don't score or kick a field goal, then the game continues and the other team gets one gets the ball back to try to, you know, either match what you've done or uh, or win it. What would you rather see? Like, what's what's the overtime rule that would satisfy? Um, your your desires. Both teams get the ball once, and then from there it's sudden death. Okay, okay. So you wouldn't be just like just play fifteen minutes, or no? I don't think so. Though in the playoffs, I might be open to that. I, I just think, um, you you could have some unbelievably long games. Yeah. If you if you just set it indefinite and in terms of like a quarter, where you're like, oh, we'll just play another fifteen minutes, and then if we're still tied at the end of fifteen minutes, we'll. Take a break and then do that again. I think I like that in the playoffs, that that indefinite mm-hmm. sort of like you play 15 minutes and then you play another 15 minutes if, yeah. it, if it's tied at that point as well. But um, hockey is very much that way. So in overtime and hockey in the playoffs, you just play 20-minute periods until someone scores. Right. And things get crazy. Yeah. Um, and I, I'd be interested to see what happens in football when you start doing that. Right. I mean if you think about the baseball analogy, it's like – the team that gets to bat in the top half of the inning, if they score, they win. Other yep. team never gets to get to the plate. Well, that sounds dumb. Like, yeah. Uh, 
and I, the college football overtime rule is stupid as well. Like that's it's different for us. It's stupid for a different reason there. Sure. But um, and then um, you know even soccer overtime rules can be stupid. Yeah. Like to me, the whole like, okay, we've played for a hundred and twenty minutes, and we're still tied. Let's just do penalty kicks and see who wins that way. Mm-hmm. That's dumb. now I will say penalty kicks are better than it used to be, where they would just say, "All right, everybody, come to the middle. We're going to flip a coin and see who wins." Sure, that's bad. Yes, sure, but it's like playing basketball and then saying, "All right, we've gone an overtime period, still tied, free throw competition." Yeah, you guys line up at this end. We'll go back and forth. Come on. It, it, it's, it's, it's a fundamentally different game at that point. Mm-hmm. Like you've radically altered the nature of the game. Yes. So I would prefer them to do – you're guaranteed – each team is guaranteed to get the ball once. The only exception being is if the defense can score. Like if – Oh, sure. For, for sure, example, sure, sure. if Eli Apple had made the pick in overtime and, and run it back. back mm-hmm. Like that ends the game. I agree. Yep. So anyway, Bengals make the Super Bowl. They haven't made the Super Bowl since um, Boomer, right? Yeah, Boomer Esiason. By the way, did you see the halftime show, uh, or not the halftime show, but like the halftime analysis of the Bengals Chiefs game? No. Uh, they had them. You know, in the playoffs, they'll do like they have the booth on like the sideline, yeah. and yeah. Uh, well, the Chiefs had a concert in the middle of the field. The guys in the booth or in at that desk thing, yeah. right? So you got Boomer, you got James um, Brown, probably James Brown, all, all those guys. Phil Simms, they couldn't hear each other, <laughs> and they're trying to ha- Bill Cower. They're trying yeah. to have a conversation yeah. about the game, and you just see Boomer like looking at the camera, like almost laughing. Yeah, and he goes. I'm not sure what any of you just said, <laughs> but here's what I think. Right. <laughs> like he kind of knows enough to know that it gets his turn to speak. Right. But yeah. ki- but because this concert's going on, and then like at first you can't even hear what they're saying, but yeah. it, somebody clearly turns them up, and yeah. and they can't control the concert. It was it was hilarious. Yeah, that's funny. It was a very very poor planning session. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, let's move on then. I, oh, actually, I'll say one more thing on the overtime. I. When the Bengals and Chiefs went into overtime, I, I, didn't, I didn't really have a dog in the fight. But I was hoping that whoever won the coin toss would win the game because I thought maybe this will be enough momentum. Yeah. That it's happened so many times like and having it happen back-to-back weeks. Yeah. Plus it's happened with the Chiefs in the past as well. Like, it's like, like you just cannot have an overtime rule where yeah. – a coin flip essentially decides the game. Yeah, that's just that's just terrible. They got to yeah. fix that. Um, uh, joking uh, submission for uh, overtime rules. Uh, kickers play horse. <laughs> there you go. I like that idea. Have the kickers yeah. kick field goals, but they play horse. There you go. There you go. Or concussion, or whatever word you want to spell out for the NFL. I don't think the NFL wants to use the word concussion. <laughs> Protocol, then you know whatever whatever the NFL would like. Yeah. yeah. Well, the other game, the other uh, championship game was the Rams and the Forty Niners. Uh, Rams won twenty to seventeen, and that was a good competitive game. Mm-hmm. Um, I was relieved that the Rams won. Why is that? Because I think it'll be a more entertaining Super Bowl. Rams versus Bengals. The 49ers are not the most entertaining team offensively. No. The Rams 
have a lot of weapons offensively. Yeah. So I think you could have the potential for a game that ends up like 35-31 with both teams kind of going up and down the field and scoring and, and I, that kind of thing. I think the Rams are kind of like the Lakers where they're just getting older veterans who are who who yeah. were superstars in other cities and and bringing them in. Yeah. Although I think it's working for the Rams in a way it's not working for the Lakers. Yeah, that's true. The uh I mean, the Rams. I think they don't have a first round pick until twenty twenty four. Like the, the like this year's draft and next year's draft, they don't have a first round pick because they basically gave those up to get guys like uh, Jalen Ramsey, Von Miller, and uh, Von Miller, Matthew Stafford, like Odell Beckham. Yeah, all those guys. You know, and I don't remember the specifics of the deals, but basically, those are the big names are bringing mm-hmm. in to win it this year. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see if it pays off. Um. And we'll talk more about maybe who we who we like to win the Super Bowl. Probably um, next week, next right? Week. Yeah. But are you hosting a Super Bowl party? I am. My life group's getting together. All right. Ditto here. So Yeah. Well, we um, have we have a couple smokers in our life. Smokers, meat smokers in our <laughs> life group. Whoa. And uh, so we'll, we'll you know, me, me and another, me and Dakota will coordinate okay. uh, what's, what's being smoked. Yeah. I remember He's, the last time, I think the last time I hosted a Super Bowl party was um, – for our life group a few years ago, and you brought smoked turds. Remember? That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Atomic buffalo turds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were delicious. Yeah, and we should. Speaking of life group, we should give a shout out to Steve in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Uh, congrats to him and his and his Bengals. So I was texting with him a little bit. Last oh yeah, night. yeah, he yeah. Was, he was very fired up. So uh, we should make quick work of this. I did want to mention college hoops. Uh, Ohio State had a tough loss this past weekend at number. I think Purdue was like seventh or something. Like they're, they're a top 10 team. Got down 20 in the second half, rallied all the way back, made a semi-miraculous comeback to tie it with 20 seconds left. And then Jaden Ivey from Purdue hit a fadeaway 25-footer on the move. Just an you know, incredible shot. So that was that was rough. But And we're coming into good college football we, season. College or, basketball. Excuse me, yeah, college yeah, basketball yeah. season. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So before we know it, we'll have the selection Sunday. We'll have that bracket challenge going. Yeah, we got to set that up. Yeah. Yeah, That's coming road. up. Down the road. Probably post-Super Bowl, we'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. Uh, all right. So speaking of things that are coming up, we need to talk about our main topic today. John, what are we talking about? Uh, we found an article uh, called, Can We Reshape Can We Reshape Ourselves Into Whatever We Want? Question mark by uh, uh, the Carl Truman. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going we're gonna to discuss a, a, a bit of this article, which is based – uh, on his major book of yes. what is it, 2019, 2020? 2020. Uh, the Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self mm-hmm. um, that came out. Uh, thick reading. It is. Thick, thick reading. Yeah, it's about 400 pages. And I think he does a, a good job of making it as readable as you can expect, dealing with the kind of ideas and thinkers that he's dealing with. Yeah. Now, there is a... Uh, a streamlined version coming out this March, I believe. Okay. That's going to be condensed. And what's that one called? Uh, that one is called Strange New World, How Thinkers and Activists Redefined Identity and Sparked the Sexual Revolution. Okay. So that's coming out in March. Playing on Brave New World, I assume. There you go. I assume. I, I would think so. Uh, okay. So – Maybe we should just kind of summarize. Like, uh, what, were, what was your kind of big takeaway from the article? I mean, I think the obvious answer to the question is uh, no. We cannot 
simply reshape ourselves into whatever we want. Sure. But what are some of the points that Truman makes to uh, advocate for his view? Well, I I, th- I think one of the points that he makes is that this is just a really powerful cultural narrative that's out there. Mm-hmm. That that uh, making yourself into whatever you want is something that's that's uh, that's really strong. Uh, that impacts I, I would say every every bit of our culture, including including parts of our church culture as well. Sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I think one expression of this is what I will somewhat facetiously, yeah, that's how it says, uh, refer to as the gospel according to Disney. Yeah, believe in yourself, follow your heart. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, that. That's basically the message of more or less every little Disney animated movie yeah. that's out there. And I and you hear that a lot when you when you interact with. I mean, I heard it, gosh, at least a couple times in the last week from students. Well, you know, I know the Lord's calling me to this because I know it's inside of me, and the, and, and this was fascinating. I hadn't heard this before, um, but I had a student say to me, "The fact that everybody's giving me pushback is actually confirmation that I need to do this." Yeah, you know, when when I don't think that's the point of pushback, <laughs> like I, that's certainly not something the proverbs would embrace in terms of. The wisdom of, of of counselors around you, right? Which which is a and, and I think is related to this, right? The, yeah. the fact that I get pushed back actually confirms yeah. my deepest uh, my deepest feelings and longings. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, this was a section out of the out of the article that I thought was particularly helpful. Uh, Truman writes: This illusion of sovereign self creation through consumption still has its limitations. In other words, the idea is that we think we can make ourselves whoever we want to be just by things that we consume or things we buy or things that we – activities we engage in. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of us are ultimately limited by a variety of factors that are not always susceptible to transubstantiation. There's the theologian coming out. Yeah, yeah, clearly. Uh, Transubstantiation by credit card. That's a great little turn of phrase if, if you it, know what transubstantiation yes. is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, – and, th- and then he, he highlights three limitations on uh, this sort of idea of I can sovereignly create myself to be whatever I want. Uh, first is there's a, a, a limited range of goods or lifestyles on offer. In other words, there's not an infinite number. And when you think about even – when people think they're being distinctive, oftentimes they're just choosing a, a, an alternative sure. uh, presentation of themselves that they have been influenced towards by some sort of other factors. Uh, second, society is constantly changing its mind about what is and is not fashionable. Fashionable, what is in, uh, what is, what is and is not cool, and what is and is not acceptable. So, if you're constantly chasing that. That's going to be a problem. And then third, there are always specific individual limitations to our ability to invent ourselves. You know, that's why uh, – not to burst people's bubbles, but um, I, I cringe when uh, I hear people tell their kids, you can be anything you want to when you grow up. No, you can't. Like you might want to – I wanted to be a professional athlete. Like, like most – I think a lot of boys when they're like – Eight years old and they love sports. Oh, yeah. oh, I want to yeah. be a professional basketball player. Professional. I didn't have the size, the talent, or the ability. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter what I wanted. 
I, 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 I had limitations, you know. So this this idea that we tell kids you can be anything you want if you just put your mind to it and try your hardest, you can be anything you want. That's just not true. Yeah. Now I think we can say to kids, what what are you interested in? What would you like to be? When you grow up, that's great. And, and if they have interests in areas, yeah, let's pursue that. Let's, you know, if they really like playing the piano or they really, you know, are into robots, great. Get them involved in some clubs or some activities that let them pursue that. And that might turn into something that they can do as a grown up. Well, it, or like, like the secondary option there is, is it turns into something that they learn, you know, oh, to really master something. I have to put in a lot of work, a lot of time, you yeah. know. Uh, a lot of times this conversation is couched in terms of freedom, mm-hmm. right? Um, oh, my goodness, I have the freedom to be whatever I want, whatever, you know. But oftentimes to, to have the freedom to play an instrument or to master a sport, you really got to chain yourself to that piano or chain yourself to the sport. Be constantly yeah. working on it. Be constantly doing it. And there, there is a bondage of a sense that is required to achieve that freedom. Right, because we're not – and this is part, I think, what the article is getting at is we are finite creatures. Mm-hmm. We have a finite amount of time. We have a finite amount of ability. We have a finite amount of resources. And so whenever you make a choice to pursue one thing, you're inevitably choosing not to pursue or devote time to other things. That's just the way yeah. that the universe is wired so that – you know, if someone says, "I am all in on becoming a a a master pianist," mm-hmm. I, I want to be, I want to play at the highest levels. Well, the amount of time they're going to have to invest in in practicing piano, you know, could be eight, ten, twelve hours a day at points. Well, that person is probably also not going to be a Division One caliber athlete and have a four point uh, like. You just can't do it you all. You just can't do it all. There's the, yeah. like that. That's a myth that you can be, uh, you know, elite at like all these different things. Like it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, go ahead. I, there's also a part of me that goes, it works in a Disney story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's written that way. Yeah. You, you know, like um, if 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 you're the hero of every story that you're that you're in. And everybody thinks that way. Mm-hmm. There are no heroes, right? <laughs> right. You need secondary. Yeah. You need you need mm-hmm. uh, uh, supporting actors and and things like that to to if you're the hero. But but if we're all s- secondary actors, then then I think things work out a whole lot a whole lot better. Yeah. I, when when I've thought about this a little bit recently, I, I wonder if I wonder if this is a way to look at it. I think you can. One way of of thinking about this is this is a distortion of us being made in God's image mm-hmm. and being able to create and to exercise dominion over the earth. Like that's how God made us. That's our role. But it was intended to be under God's direction and God's authority. But when you remove that piece, but then you have still have this like this – internal wiring yeah. to be creative, to exercise dominion, to, uh, to to rule over things, to shape things, to make things, to build things that um, 
what you're left with when you remove God from that equation is something like this, where it's just I, I get to choose who and what I want to be. And if I don't like it, I guess I, I just get to change it. Mm-hmm. And so I think – Yeah, I think that's right. You know, what's what's very interesting is that to me, this is where having a a robust and grounded biblical anthropology mm-hmm. is so foundational. Because if you don't understand how God made us and how we fit into this world, then you get into all sorts of goofiness. Yeah. And um, so what are some ways you, – you mentioned how this you, – you've seen this in our students uh, in college. And, you know, this is – Broadly this is, speaking, This is yeah. here, you know, all over our culture. So it's not like we're, you know, singling out our students. You could walk onto any college campus and see this. Sure. Um, what about in the church? How do you think this manifests itself in the church? Well, I, I do think there are some – like there, there is a preacher in North Carolina <laughs> who will rename nameless um, who, who uh, said, said something recently to the extent – and I think, I think he pulled it off his website or, or something like that. But said something to the um, – Effect, and I'm, I'm going to butcher a quote, so don't take this word for word. But basically, salvation is looking with inside yourself and realizing what what you were all along. Mm. And, and I and I think that's a that's a basically a baptized version of the same thing. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, um, oh my goodness, look that you're this uh, perfect thing all along. When, when I think a, right. a, a robust anthropology of what historically what Christians have said is is mm-hmm. that we are sinful. Uh, uh, evil to our core, so sort 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 of uh, mm-hmm. people and individuals um, who who are in need of a savior, right? Who at the same time are made in God's image, and so mm-hmm. what's what's so dangerous about that kind of statement is it's it's almost right mm-hmm. in, in the sense that when God saves us, a salvation that comes from outside of us, yeah. Part of what He does though is restore us so that we can live in the way that God made us to live, under his authority, free from the shackles of sin and Satan and self, and be able to live out how we were made to live. Mm -hmm. But if you don't keep both of those together, then you get into trouble when it comes to a a proper anthropology. Yeah. How do you see it in the church? Have you seen this crop up? Um. I mean, I think some of it uh, comes in a – I think one manifestation of it can be uh, people leaving churches quickly because it doesn't doesn't fit with who they think they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so – and that can be couched in spiritual language, you know, like, well, I really had a heart for this. But the church never really got on board with my heart for this, so I'm out of there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, and also, I think I think it can show up in sometimes when pastors or preachers are hesitant to confront sin uh, because of this such as a strong tendency of people wanting to be self-assertive and. In this is just who I am. This is who I want to be. Yep. And, and especially that comes out in the area of sexuality. Mm-hmm. When um, 
when preachers get hesitant to maybe talk about uh, biblical sexuality and how that uh, often has something different to say than our culture says about um, your ability or lack thereof to choose your gender or choose your sexual expression and that to call it into question somehow um, is uh, violating who I am as a person and that's and, and that's that's some form of abuse. Hmm. So it, it, it gets couched in some of those terms. So yeah, I, I see that. But well, there's a lot. Uh, yeah, we could do a part two on this. Really, we, we really could. Um, so, what's the answer then? Like, I mean, obviously, we're not going to solve that problem in in the next few minutes. But um, I mean, part of our role here at at, at at the school we teach at is to help prepare people going into ministry. Mm-hmm. And so what um, what are some things that, that we do or can do and even just thinking about trying to encourage people in ministry, uh, things that they can do to help counteract this uh, in, uh, expressive individualism as Truman and others call it? Yeah. Um, well, I mean the first thing that comes to mind is, is kind of like what we already talked about, developing a robust anthropology of both being made in the image of God and mm-hmm. being uh, horribly sinful. So that that's probably a good starting point. I, I think also being able to recognize these things as we see them around us or hear them in other people um, and, and figuring out some gracious ways to push back on some of those things. Yeah, I, I think that's what naturally comes to mind for me. How about yourself? Yeah, I agree. I think um, another key piece of that is um, being – intentional about being involved in biblical community mm-hmm. within the local church in particular because um, oftentimes we may not see how that expressive individualism, that self-assertion is coming out until someone else looks at it and goes, that, 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 that's not right. That, that's out of step. Like do you, do you hear yourself? When you say this, like when you say you're going after this or you're offended that someone had the audacity to challenge you about that, like do you not hear uh, what you're doing there? You're make, essentially, you're making yourself your own god. And so uh, I think involvement in biblical community with people that know you uh, is a pretty important uh, aspect of that. And, and I also think this, this can sound super simplistic. But there's no substitute for immersing yourself in God's word, which is a constant reminder of God's authority mm-hmm. and God's wisdom and what God says is true about me, both as a person made in God's image, as a sinner in need of salvation, and as a as someone who's been redeemed and in the process of being changed and transformed away from my selfishness. You know, I think um, it's striking – the number of times that Jesus talks about denying yourself, mm-hmm. taking up your cross and following me. Yeah. That's like the absolute opposite of what our culture tells you. Yeah. Our culture tells you find yourself in your in, internally. Look deep inside of you, figure out who you are and then let nothing stop you from expressing it. Yeah. And that's the exact opposite of what Jesus calls his disciples to. Yeah, oh, 100%. 100% agree. So we will <clears throat> post uh, the links to that article as well as the two books we mentioned from yep. Carl Truman. Uh, he does have a a lecture series that's on YouTube 
that walks through a lot of the content of the book in more bite-sized um, and uh, more digestible uh, chunks that uh, we could also uh, – I could try to find the link for that and have you put that in the show notes. Okay. That's your, yeah. That's your gig there. Um, that's my contribution. It is. Yeah. It is. So – all right, we ready to move on? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, today in sports history. Yes, there you go. Okay. Well, let's start here. Uh, 1971, uh, on February 1st. Happy happy February, by the way. Yeah. February, right? <laughs> now you got me think of that Seinfeld. <laughs> uh, 1971, uh, UCLA uh, starts – oh, 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 <laughs> I was thinking starts individuals. Um, UCLA starts 88 basketball game winning streak. Yeah. They won 88 games in a row. 88 in a row. Wow. Uh, 1983, uh, Super Bowl, let me do my Roman numerals here, 17. Yeah. At the Rose Bowl in California, Redskins uh, beat, excuse me, the Washington football team uh, beat the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. uh, John Riggins had a big game. He was the, the beast for that, I think. Next one. Uh, 94, uh, Super Bowl 28 uh, at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta. Cowboys beat the Bills. Emmett Smith. Yeah, that was in that stretch where the Bills went to, uh, what was it, four straight Super Bowls and lost four lost straight Super all. Bowls. Lost them all, yeah. Um, 02, uh, Utah's Carl Malone becomes the second player in NBA history to register 34,000 career points by scoring 18 in a 90-78 win over Chicago at the Delta Center. Uh, trails Kareem. Yeah. Uh, and now I think uh, LeBron is climbing up that uh, I think you're right. all-time yeah. scoring list here. Uh, 2018, uh, James Harden puts up the highest scoring triple-double in NBA history. 60 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists. 60. That's a lot of points. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me that it was him. No, no. My question is, did it take him 75 shots to get there or – at least. <laughs> he tends to be a high-volume scorer. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, any choices here? Um, I, I'm fine with skipping the Super Bowls. I think I can eliminate those. Okay. And I'm no James Harden fan. I'm, I'm kind of leaning Carl Malone. Let's do it. The mailman. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Carl Malone. Those jazz teams were really good. They just ran into the The Bulls. The Bulls. Yeah. Well, and then he ended his and, career with the Lakers, right? Yes. Um, yep. It was him. Gary Payton. Gary was on that Payton. Team. Guys, Kobe were, and Shaq. Yeah, but those two were like so far. Uh, Gary Payton and Carl Mullen were so far past their primes. Like they, they were at best like second team guys. I remember tuning into the finals that year because they played the Pistons. Do you remember this? Yeah, the Pistons beat them. And I, the Pistons beat them. And I remember. Before the series, maybe it was Stephen A. Smith got on and said, if the Pistons win, Detroit will burn. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well. And, and Detroit's still there. I, I, I find that my my life is much happier completely ignoring everything that Stephen A. Smith says. Okay. You have a choice. You have to listen to at – all, at all times, listen to Stephen A. Smith or at all times, you have to listen to Skip Bayless. Which one are you choosing? That's that's an impossible choice. <laughs> <laughs> that's an utterly impossible choice. I'd ra- I'd rather listen to Stephen A. Smith than Skip Bayless. Would you really? I think I would. I think yeah. if I had to pick one, I might go Skip. But oh gosh, both would be intolerably awful. Yes, I agree. Intolerably awful. So, 
All right. One thing you liked. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go Grace College swept Bethel University uh, this week in basketball. Yeah. So very, very pleased uh, that we beat them despite the refs, you know, being on Bethel's payroll. Yeah. There were 56 fouls called in that game. Yeah. It, it started to feel like, do they think they're getting paid by the foul here? Like, is there... Well, that that one little guy that that seems to ref every one of our games that I attend <laughs> always blows the whistle against us. Yeah. It just always seems that way. Yeah, that was it was a fun atmosphere though. Good good crowd. Good and, yeah. Uh always good to 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 beat the team up north. Um so uh my one thing I liked is our family has started doing wordle. Oh, have you started Wordle? Uh, have, have you done it? Are I you have, doing? yeah. Okay. Have you done today's? I have not done today's, okay. no. All right. um, and so I, I don't post on social media about it. I, that's just I, that's just not how I roll. Yeah. Some yeah. people do. That's just not how I roll. Is it on Facebook as well? Can you post on Facebook with it? I think so, yeah. Okay, I just – I see it on Twitter. Right. Yeah. So I'm enjoying it. I mean, I, I'm a word guy, so mm-hmm. – um, It's a good challenge. It is. It is. And it's kind of unique in the sense that there's only one a day, so everyone is doing the same one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, anything that can bring us together in this fractured world, John. I'm, yeah. I'm, it's out of the UK, isn't it? I, I don't know. It could be. Okay. I thought it was. Maybe it's not. I don't know. And I'm, I'm as we wrap up here, uh, I'm going to do – this is sort of beyond one thing I like. Since this episode releases today on February 1st, that is my wife's birthday. Oh, so happy birthday, Kate. Happy birthday to the lovely Kate who uh, just yesterday remarked again how she feels like she should at some point get to be on the podcast. She revived her idea of her and Andrea getting to be on the podcast and I said, y- you know Andrea is not going to go for that. Um, I think Andrea might be more open to it than you think. Really? Yeah. Yeah. She mentioned it in the last week or two. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Because she saw the live episode? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does she want to do a rebuttal, or like, give, or in terms of like, I don't know. I don't know what what we do. Uh, she would want prepared questions ahead of time to be able to answer and think okay. through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's a very thoughtful person, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. she's also not someone. This is correct me if I'm wrong, but she's also not someone who's likes to be kind of put on the spot. That's right. That's right. And she so, likes to be able to think through things. Yeah. Yeah. So I think she'd be great at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, maybe we've cracked the door there. I mean, it is my wife's birthday, so. Yeah. Um, I will say we have to record in a different room. This room is too cold uh, for my wife. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, maybe we just need to, to snag the equipment and go sit in front of your fireplace. That sounds lovely. Or our fireplace. Yeah. I mean, both of our wives are, are big mm-hmm. fans of the fireplace. So, All right. We have talked uh, reflections on the live episode. We've talked stupid overtime rules. We have talked reshaping ourselves we've talked about the mailman Carl Malone we've talked to Grace Basketball and we've talked about uh, Wordle as well as wished my lovely wife a happy birthday I think by definition we've covered our various and sundry topics are you ready to call Mission Accomplished? Yeah I think so Okay. we also had the worst would you rather ever yes yes we did yes we did Uh, so I think at this point all that's left to say is until next time The Lord bless y'all real good. Later. Later.